Hello and welcome to another episode of This Week in Game Shows. I am two-time game show loser J.D. Lane. Uh, and with me once again is our resident aspiring game show contestant, Adrian Perez. Adrian, good to see you, buddy. How's it going, J.D.? Uh, it's doing well. It's doing well. Uh, I enjoyed our week of game shows this week. How about you? Yeah, good stuff. Uh, some interesting tidbits, some uh, sound clips we're going to play for you, and some good feedback from our hosts. Uh, all in all, good week. Uh, most definitely. Uh, I want to turn our attention straight off the bat back to Jeopardy. We definitely had a case of the Mondays, I think, with our three contestants. We had returning champion Jennifer Tomasi, who won last Friday and had 20,401. And her two challengers were Ryan Fenster and Maria Pecoraro. Alex, when he first comes out, mentions the fact that, hey, our champs started winning more last week. It was great. We had a good week. And they did. It was something we hadn't seen so far in 2018. So hopefully that momentum would carry over into this week. Were you uh, hopeful as well, Adrian? Yeah, it definitely looked like it. You know, uh, I know last week we talked about clearing some boards. Good prize at the end. Games are competitive towards the end of last week. So Final Jeopardy had some bigger wagers. Um, and yeah, you know, I was looking forward to this week too, kind of starting off on that foot. But we figured out that, like I said, the, the contestants had a case of the Mondays and nine clues in, so almost two complete categories were gone. And our three contestants, unfortunately, were at negative 200 for returning champ Jennifer, negative 1200 for challenger Ryan, and negative 1400 for challenger Maria. Not the start to the week that we had hoped. <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of going into double jeopardy, uh, going to the first break. Yeah, during yeah to the first. Well, by the time we got to the first break, uh, Jennifer got out of the hole and got up to four hundred with our challengers at negative two and negative four. It, it wasn't until the twentieth clue, or about the twentieth clue of the round, where all three contestants ended up getting out of the red. The last point they were at negative two, negative four, and negative two. Admittedly, I thought it was a tougher first round board. I even on Twitter, I even saw some Jeopardy fan twitters and pages, specifically at the Jeopardy fan. Shout out to them. They were talking about how they were seeing tweets from former champions saying like this is a board for like the tournament of champions or like this is a tough board even for them. Things of that nature. I thought it was a tougher board myself. I don't know if it was Tournament of Champions level, but definitely I thought I made a note dog breeds in that first round was particularly tough just because especially the last, I felt like the last two or three clues of that category were like some ridiculous, you know, like Cocker, Spaniel, Italian, Pitbull, Mutt. Greyhound, like it was like seven names long. Like I never even knew that this breed existed. Yeah, there's so many dog breeds. I think it's up in like the 500s. It's insane. It's tough. It was, yeah. Again, I wouldn't say it was hard as far as like a tournament of champions is, but they were very specific. And those, those, some of those questions on there were, uh, there weren't even kind of clues in them to kind of help you uh, and, and get there, even if you didn't know them. It was pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. Dog show isn't one of the game shows that we cover, so <laughs> we, we would have no idea on some of those. <laughs> But stay tuned now for our new Westminster Dog Show um, yeah, podcast yeah, well, coming yeah. this summer. <laughs> Shout out to Pet Adoption Week. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, because of all the, the, the wrong answers, though, 
we ended up having four clues left on the board at the end of Jeopardy. So I wasn't upset necessarily on Monday seeing that just because seeing how difficult it was for these contestants, especially the dog breed one. I mean, like like you said, it was very, very specific in these dog breeds. And when there's over 500, like you said, I mean, if you're not going to give us, you know, German Shepherd and Golden Retriever, how, how, how much of a deep dive are we going? Yeah, I was, I was really hoping breeds? for someone to answer wiener that would have been just you know that didn't come up but with that being said sorry what is wiener <laughs> yeah lest we have alex start giving his sass pointing towards us so thank you for phrasing that in the form of a question yeah. but you know what they did turn it around and by the end of double jeopardy we had a runaway game with ryan having sixteen thousand eight hundred. maria had six thousand returning champ jennifer on the board with 200 Eventually, Ryan ended up winning $20,999 in day one. Fast forward to Tuesday, Alex came out. It was so funny. Yesterday, on Monday's episode, he was talking about how, how great the previous week was, all the momentum, all the great wins, and then he comes out Tuesday, and he's just saying, I was saying a prayer for our contestants at the first commercial break, and luckily my prayers were answered and we had a big winner. <laughs> but right after he says that, we get into the game, the very first clue... All three contestants got it wrong. They're all at negative 200, and Alex drops his pen audibly and claps his hands together and starts praying right then and there, much to the delight of the audience who laughed their butts off. Yeah, uh, th this week was uh, nothing short of definitely having Alec at his, at his best, and uh, we'll see it even in episodes down the week. But he definitely <laughs> uh, he definitely showed uh, to true Alex Rebeck, and uh, as we go on this week, you'll, you'll see how it gets even better than that. Uh, I got to admit, the, Ryan Fenster, all told he won four games this week, Monday through Thursday, 90,198. He was finally defeated on Friday by Jenny Rhodes. And it was impressive in the sense that he was so unafraid to ring in and potentially get answers wrong. And he did get quite a few wrong over the week, evidenced by the fact that he was in the red, I know of at least four out of the five games he played. Yeah, he was definitely very aggressive. I mean, you can yeah. tell when certain Jeopardy players are aggressive on the buzzer, but he was, like, violently, like, shaking his, uh, you know, which is cool to him, you know, being aggressive and, and not just maybe not even knowing the answer, but wanting to be the first one to chime in. You know, that's a, that's, that's, that's a big key. You know, we haven't talked about that many uh, strategies in Jeopardy, but that's, that's one of them. You know, half the game is being able to, to chime in right before the other people do. So timing that is something that's very big. Yeah, I was super okay with it, watching him this week. That was my, when I was on there, that was my strategy. If I felt more than 50% about an answer, I wanted to go for it. I didn't, I would rather lose the money than leave it on the board. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because I, I feel like whatever happens on the show, Alex always makes it a point because people are always visibly upset when they don't ring in and they knew the answer. And Alex is always like, oh, Adrian, you knew that. Should have rung in. And I feel like that's a bigger regret than going for it and missing it now at the end of an episode you can look back and in hindsight and say like i probably i may not have should have done that because i obviously would have had more money by not losing it but in the moment i think you have less regrets by going for it and getting it wrong versus not ringing in and knowing you were right so i was totally okay watching him all right adrian let's get to the talk of the week in terms of game shows. It was all over social media on Thursday and Friday. Thursday's episode of Jeopardy might have been Alex's greatest two minutes 
in 34 seasons of Jeopardy. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about Alex's sass before and about his comments. I mean, Thursday was the prime example. <laughs> and, you know, the, you know, it's a category that's a bit different. It's pretty specific. But it's sports. And more specifically, for Super Bowl week, it's football. This is um, the last category, the very last category left on the board. Everything is wiped out except for this entire category. And we see why it was left towards the end for these three contestants. And this is why it was left. Uh, football 200. Your choice, do or don't name this play in which the quarterback runs the ball and can choose to pitch it to another back. An option play, right? At least he, he gave them the benefit of the doubt on that question. Do or do not. <laughs> so pretty quick, pretty much in there. I mean, basic football, at least this one gave them a little bit of a, a tease. You know, do or do not. You can... Option, but nope, doesn't get the $200 question. Let's see how they fare the rest of the round. <laughs> uh, football, 400. I can tell you guys are big football fans. <laughs> Tom Landry perfected the shotgun formation with this team. Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you think we should go to commercial? <laughs> Ryan, take it on to 600. Okay, by signaling for one of these, a returner can reel in a kick without fear of getting tackled. Fair catch. Two moves left, Ryan. 800. These penalties are simultaneous violations by the offense and defense that cancel each other out. And they are called offsetting penalties. Let's look at the $1,000 clue, just for the fun of it. You mean? As Minneapolis's U.S. Bank Stadium prepares to host Super Bowl 52, I'm looking at the Ring of Honor with names from this defensive line that took the Vikings to four Super Bowls. My favorite response right here. If you guys ring in and get this one, I will die. <laughs> Who are the purple... People eaters. We're going to take a break. I have to talk to them. So that was just pure awesomeness. Um, amazing, just trolling from Alex Trebek. Uh, and I'm sure after that he was pretty upset. He ends with, I'm going to have to talk to them, uh, which is a fantastic way to. Hey, at least they cleared the board. At least the board got cleared. <laughs> Nobody chimed in. So we can't complain about them not clearing the board. But uh, whole category gone. Not even answered. Uh, I'm going to be a little more sensitive uh, to these contestants. Uh, being in that uh, position myself, it sucks when you don't know an entire category like that. And it's even worse when all three of you, just because of the aesthetic, uh, just because it, it ends up turning into a big joke like this. Now, from what I've seen on social media, they all three have taken it in stride, which is great, which allows us to feel a little bit better about talking about it because it, it's it's one of the toughest things in the world for whether you're a casual viewer or an everyday viewer and you see a category that's yours and you nail it and you're just watching question or clue after clue go unanswered and none of them even rang in on any of the clues and your frustration levels go through the roof because you're like, how do you not know any of this? But when you, when you don't know, you don't know. It certainly made for a great couple of days on social media with, as Adrian said, like your Alex's trolling of the contestants. I mean, like I said, is I'm glad they they took it in stride. From what I've seen, I mean, I outside of social media, I don't know, but 
Um, and it was all over social media. ESPN, very yeah. so many places just shared. But it was great. It was great to see, you know. Yeah, and if you want to check, if you haven't seen it, if you're living under a rock and you haven't seen this uh, clip, you can go to our Facebook page, uh, search us uh, This Week in Game Shows or facebook.com slash This Week in Game Shows. Uh, we shared it on our Facebook page. Uh, we also retweeted it on our Twitter at This Week Game Shows or This WK Game Shows. Use the hashtag Twigs. Find us, follow us, um, and enjoy the revelry that we had the last couple of days. Yeah, it was, it was, like I said, it was just fantastic. It was good to see. Um, obviously, you know, being a former football player myself, it was near and dear to my heart, and I was yelling at the TV as usual, um, and Alex's banter just made it that much more enjoyable. Uh, we end the week on Jeopardy! with a new champ, as I mentioned earlier, as Ryan won four games and 90000 We end with Jenny Rhodes uh, winning 11899 so we will see Jenny on Monday, and hopefully she can... She can put together her own nice little streak. With that, we are going to introduce you guys to a brand new segment of the show that we like to call Winners, Winners and Losers. Losers. So, all right, Adrian, are you ready for our very first edition of Winners and Losers? I can't wait. Okay. Winner, Wednesday night's viewers of Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. Wednesday, we got a treat in that power, Merv Griffin Power Hour. Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune both saw kind of furious comebacks towards the end. Jeopardy more so than Wheel of Fortune. Uh, well, let's dive into it. Wednesday's Jeopardy, we saw returning champ Ryan answering a lot of questions, as we said, getting quite a few of them incorrect. But that just lulled the other two contestants into a false sense of security. With 12 clues left on the board in Double Jeopardy, Adrian, Ryan, our returning champ, our two-day champ, had negative $200. Pretty much dead in the water at that point. Right? You just got to – at that point, you're thinking, I just got to get back on the right side fight, of fight zero. Fight to play for final, exactly. Yep. Yep. You got to get on the right side of zero so you could be in final and not have an empty podium. He's at negative 200. Challenger Nate at 10,600. Challenger Elizabeth – 5,800. Elizabeth is going to stay at 5,800 for the rest of this game. Just FYI. Seven clues left. He's back to 2,200. Nate at 9,800. Still a $7,000 gap with seven clues to go. Six clues to go. Nate gets another one. We're at 2,200 to 10,200. Nate just needs to get a couple more right at this point. He's got this game on lock. Five clues left. This is where Ryan really gets on his run with five clues left. Gets an $800 clue. He's at 3000 to Nate's 10-2. Four clues left. He just hit a daily double. Doubled up. He's at 6000 to Nate's 10200 Next clue, 1600 Ryan gets it right. He's at 7600 Then with two clues left, he gets a $1,200. That's 8800 He's at 8800 Nate's at 10-2. One clue left on the board. The final clue... Daily double, Ryan overtakes Nate and goes into final with $14,400 to Nate's $10,200. So with 12 clues left, Ryan had a negative 200 with 12 clues left. He finishes with 14400 
At that same point, Nate goes from 10,600 to 10,200. This was such a furious comeback. I had to I had to watch that two or three times just to make sure like I got it down right. And listing all these things, it's just amazing because he's in the negative at 12. He still gets another one wrong in the meantime. And he really doesn't even start his comeback until nine clues are left on the board. Now, granted, it helps that he ended up finding two daily doubles. But you know what? That's that's everyone, that's everyone's fault, not his. That yeah, he, well, that's, that's he, when you have control of the board, and that's what you get. Yeah. So, unfortunately, our loser is Nate for, for starting when Ryan goes on his tear uh, at 10-6 to only finish with 10-2. Still got a question wrong. Got one right, I believe, in between that. But, unfortunately, Nate, you are the loser. We're not trying to, like, point a finger and laugh at Nate. It's just, like... You know, in order for Ryan to win at this point, someone's someone got to lose. lose. Someone's got to lose. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was me. So for the Wheel of Fortune game on Wednesday, at the end of round three, we had Kara in the first position with 12650 and Anita in the second position with 7050 Our third contestant, Ryan, unfortunately was a non-factor in this, so it's a two-horse race between Kara and Anita. With the toss-up, Anita gets it, shrinks the lead that Kara had, so it goes from 7,050 for Anita to 10,050. So now she's only trailing Kara by $2,600. Round four, Anita gets to start it by winning the last toss-up. Uh, controls the board the whole way, wins 3,200, takes a $600 lead. She's at 13,250 compared to Kara's 12,650. So in a matter of about three minutes, she goes from 5,000 down to 6,000 or 600 in the lead. Then because she answered it so quickly, we get to go to round five. Oh man, the pressure is on now. Anita wins round five. And Anita has a $2,000 lead now after winning the toss-up, round four, and round five. Now, you know, Wheel of Fortune usually is only four rounds, and a lot of times the beginning of that fourth round is the, the bell rings. It's going to finish up as being, yeah, the, 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 final, final round, the final round, yeah. So here we are at the end of round five. Anita now went from 5,000 down to 2,000 in the lead, but there's still time. She's answering these puzzles so quickly that we get a round six, and that's where we get our, our ding, 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 and Pat gives a final spin, lands on 700. They add 1,000. Every constant is worth $1,700, and with two S's, Kara gets $3,400, solves what are you wearing, it's cargo shorts, and it comes back to beat Anita after Anita furiously won a toss-up, round four, round five, to erase a $5,600 deficit, only to have it taken back by Kara in the sixth round, which is so rare in Wheel of Fortune. And Kara comes back and wins $16,050 to Anita's $14,750 and goes to the bonus round. Those were two Fast and Furious finishes, and they happened on the same night, back-to-back -back episodes. Uh, it was a great Wednesday night. For yeah, so unfortunately the loser there was Anita. However, <laughs> good loser. Still going home with $14,750 worth of prizes. That's, that's the kind of loser I aspire to be. <laughs> right. if, if I could ever be a loser, that's how I'd like to be. Sure. All right, well, winner was Thursday's Wheel of Fortune watchers because we – Got to see, on top of the football category on Jeopardy on Thursday, we got to see Wheel of Fortune on Thursday, where contestants got so confused, like 2% of me felt bad, but the other 98 was 
thought this was the most hilarious thing. Yeah, so the losers here were all the contestants that day. <laughs> Winners were definitely the viewers. Thursday, all contestants on the wheel. <laughs> so in round two, we had a category of same letter, meaning every word in this puzzle has the same letter. The puzzle was Rip Roaring Ride. Unfortunately for Amanda, she didn't notice that she added something to her solve. Adrian, how did she solve Rip Roaring Ride? Okay, so when Amanda goes to solve this puzzle, and to me this is the ultimate, you cannot add anything. And we usually see it the other way, where contestants add an S at the end. So in this case, you know, if it's the dog, someone might say the dogs, and you lose. You can't add letters to it. She adds an A in the beginning of the sentence or, or the phrase, whatever it is. Um, I've never seen that before. I've always seen it on the latter end. I've never seen someone add an A or a the like some people normally do to like movie titles or books, um, which is still very important. Um, and everyone was just had no idea how to react. Yeah, so again, the, the, the correct puzzle was Rip Roaring Ride. And Amanda, without even thinking, goes, a rip-roaring ride. Now, I caught it immediately. The judges caught it. She said, a rip-roaring ride, which a or a is not in the puzzle. And two, it defeats the purpose of the category of same letter because every word is supposed to begin with the same letter. So that totally defeats that purpose. And, and she essentially answered it right. She just added a little bit at the beginning. The other two contestants were absolutely baffled. Both David and Annette, after her, call for the letter B in their confusion. because So they obviously don't think it's Rip anymore, even though it makes the most sense. Yeah, they, they, it seemed like they knew, obviously they understood that it was wrong, what she said, but they didn't realize or catch what she did. They're still trying to solve this as if this lady just came up with some crazy anomaly of what it would, might be, but just not understanding that she just added an A. If you would have continued on with Rip Roaring Ride, you would have gotten it right. Right. Eventually, it comes all the way back around to Amanda, spins, gets a lose a turn, <laughs> goes to David, and he solved it because there's no, no other letters left. That <laughs> makes sense. Left to put it, yeah. So he solved it by saying "rip roaring ride," and so then Pat had to. After he said that David got it correct, he had to come over and explain. Okay, so Amanda, you obviously didn't <laughs> notice you did this. Uh, but you did say a rip roaring ride, and so it 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 was it was kind of a thing of beauty. I'm not gonna lie, watching the confusion and the I think the uh, the wheel of fortune karma definitely came back around when it came back to her turn to get it right. I think it was like, nope, you blew this the first time. You're not gonna have a chance to answer this. She gets that loser turn, and it's all over. Our next winner for the week was charities. It was. Celebrity Week on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. So our big winners this week were the charities. Robin Leach earned $10,000 for the Boys and Girls Clubs of America. Piff the Magic Dragon, who lost America's Got Talent but now has his own show in Vegas. He was playing for Feeding America. He also won $10,000. Cindy Williams from Laverne and Shirley, if you're old enough to remember that show. And currently in Las Vegas performing Menopause the Musical. She played for Operation Smile. She won $20,000. Uh, Magicians Penn and Teller had some redemption this season after kind of bombing out last season on Celebrity Week. They came back and won $50,000 for Opportunity Village. Um, the final 
Charity of the week was the USO that won $10,000, but unfortunately that's going to lead us into the next loser of the week. Well, big loser of the week. Wayne Newton. Hey, <laughs> Wayne Newton showing up on Millionaire in Vegas. Mr. Las Vegas Who would have thought? Um, <laughs> Wayne Newton gets the $5,000 question wrong. Well, uh, I'm sorry, Millionaire still gives all the charities at least $10,000 for having them, you know, their uh, celebrities come on and play for them. Wayne Newton, with the $5,000 question, left completely clueless and helpless at this point. Um, the question was, how was it worded specifically, Jason? So I messed this up. Here we go. New Jersey woman, Alexa Siri, says she constantly is being told by her coworkers to do this and do that, thanks to her name sounding like too popular what? A, children's games, B, cartoon characters, C, virtual assistants, D, fast food chains. So obviously her name is Alexa Siri. And these Alexa commercials have been all over the place. Everyone knows who Siri is, who has an iPhone. Wayne Newton looks like we're speaking an alien language to him. He has no idea what's going on. He's Wayne Newton. First of all, he's up there in age. Second of all, he... Probably doesn't have to yell at his phone to do things. He probably has about three or four real-life personal assistants who just roam around the house and he yells at them to get them whatever they want in the Wayne Mansion. So uh, his answer was? Well, before he gave his answer, he actually had to use a 50-50. Well, exactly, yeah. First uses a lifeline on this. Yeah, so he, he got rid of B, cartoon characters, and D, fast food chains. He eliminated those with the 50-50, leaving children's games or virtual assistants. Now, I don't know which how hard this could be for him. Um, usually you ask your personal assistants to do things, I don't know, maybe back in the day Wayne Newton had some weird uh, children's games he used to play where he used to just <laughs> yell at people and tell them what to do. Maybe he confused it with Simon Says. Maybe it was Simon. Um, but his answer was, of course, incorrect. Yeah, he went with children's games. The answer is obviously virtual assistants. Anybody in our generation <laughs> knows that. And unfortunately, and Come on, my parents, my dad yells at his phone all the time. <laughs> my dad refuses to type in anything anymore in search and just will rather sit there for three minutes trying to talk to his personal assistant to look up, like, yesterday's score of the Laker game. Like, it's <laughs> it's ridiculous, but they know what's there for. Some of the Wayne Newton probably has, like I said, though, unfortunately, his own personal assistants that he just yells at instead of using Alexa or Siri. But luckily, while Wayne Newton might have been this week's loser again, he was playing for the USO. And with a $10,000 minimum for each charity, uh, they were able to walk away with 10000 Next winner, though, might be my favorite. It's not our last, but it might be our, my favorite, personally. Monday's episode of The Price is Right saw a contestant named Ryan Rambo come on down to the front row to bid on prizes to get up on stage on The Price is Right. He missed the first one. He was one of the first four that came down. He missed the first one, so now he's bidding on the second one. It was three of these GPS tracker watches that you wear while you exercise and stuff like that. Yeah, three of them. It wasn't exactly Fitbit, but I forget what kind of whatever it was. But I'm going to put him in, in both of this category. I'm going to put him in the loser category because, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> as JD explains, he's going to bid on these, but he doesn't win. But he's still a winner in my book for his guess. Yeah. <laughs> Now, eventually, later on in the episode, he does get on. He gets he gets up on stage. He gets to play Plinko. He won eleven grand, so good for him. But that's not why he's a winner in my book. He's a winner because for these three GPS tracker watches, 
he believes the actual retail price of them is a total of $69. (laughs) His his bid was $69, Drew. So that was... uh, (laughs) Drew Carey is laughing. He he reconfirms that he wants $69. Um, And uh, Ryan says, yep, $69. And obviously, Drew's laughing hysterically, knowing that he's obviously making some inside joke and that he has nowhere the intention of bidding correctly for these watches. (laughs) We try to be as family-friendly on this show as we possibly can, so if you're listening with your children, I do sincerely apologize for not giving a uh, parental advisory warning before this, but uh, good luck trying to explain why 69 is so funny to all of us, to your kids. Oh, it, um, I got it for you guys. We're make it real easy. It's funny because that number is the same upside down and right side up. There you go. <laughs> Haha. Hilarious. <laughs> uh, all right, Adrian, give us another loser. Well, we'll start going into uh, child support. Yeah. Child support was tough this week. Um, yeah. I'll, let, let me preface this by saying there are usually two types of losers, I like to think. There's one type of loser where you're like, yeah, I totally get it. I totally understand why you lost this game. And then there's, a, there's the second type of loser where you're like, wow, that was a tough break. I feel for you. You were doing so well. I, I feel bad for this contestant. So, a- Adrian, with yeah. child support. So the first contestant on child support this week, Sabrina, who likes to go by Granny Kins because she's the cool granny, and she goes in the house. She has grandkids, um, and she lets them eat pizza and hot dogs for breakfast. There's no rules at Granny Kins' house because she's so cool. Right off the bat, she rubs me kind of the wrong way. I'm like, oh, man, this lady's trying too hard. Um, but then... Question one, the very tough and elusive question one on every game show that has to do with any type of trivia or questioning or quiz, we all know that dreaded question one is the one you got to get over, that that hump of the hardest question ever conceived. And this is, uh, well, you know, we're going to play it for you. This, this is how Granny Kins starts off her game. Here's your first question. All right, In order to take your temperature orally, a nurse would put a thermometer where? With my grand. Okay, so in order to take your temperature orally, a nurse would put a thermometer <laughs> where? Orally. Um, her her reasoning is just as bad as her answer, and this is why right from the get go, I'm watching this show. It's the first question that comes up, and I'm just I'm oh man, I, I gotta play. It's inexcusable. I gotta play it. Here we go daughter and my grandson they had this cool thing now where they can just like touch it to the face and it gives the temperature like right away it's like the one most wonderful invention first of all no one cares and that has nothing to do with this question that's but, like i mean but they want you to talk it out adrian obviously they, they have a whole hour episode to fill up here okay we need we need some filler okay but that's like me asking you um name a type of red wine and you're like you're well. Well, you know what? You know, I'm a big fan of wine. I love to go to these wineries. My girlfriend. No, see that's see that's kind of involved in it, and oh. I get that. But her answer was totally. I mean, I to me, <laughs> to me, her answer would be like, "Oh, name a type of red wine." Hmm. I like well, white wine nowadays. Yeah, white wine is where it's at. White wine's where you want it. It's like I'm not talking about your face thermometer machine that sends out radioactive waves to your kids. I'm talking about in order to take your temperature orally, where do you put a thermometer? Because of my own kids, it was a pain in the butt. Literally, I have to take it in the butt. I feel so bad for her kids who had to 
quote unquote take it in the butt to find their temperatures. I'm gonna go with butt. Okay. <laughs> Is it butt? No. For those of you that don't know, that was the buzzer to indicate she got it wrong. In case it's you don't a, know that sound. It's rectum. It's not. <laughs> it's not. You're kidding me. Ah. Okay, so this lady has kids and grandkids, and when you get pills prescribed to you, or get, you pick oh, up pills so at the pharmacy. It literally says take orally two. How many kids? How many pills has this lady shoved up her kids' butts over the years? That they're supposed to take to their mouth. As far as these, these poor kids that now have their own kids know, they take Tylenol PMs and Dayquil and NyQuil through the butt. I mean, this is, oh my goodness. I, I, I just, these, these people live in like society. Well, and this is insane. <laughs> this, this, might is insane. End the, this might end the eating the Tide Pod phase and we're, we might get to oh, Tylenol enemas. my goodness. This is, uh, yeah. And she's surprised by it. Like of all these years of raising my kids, <laughs> I've put so many pills in their rectum that she says... If she doesn't know what orally means, then this is... Wow. I'm going to finish the clip because, thank God, the kids end up saving her, but she's a pretty big loser for the week. You got her wrong. That means $200,000 is off the board, and you don't move up the money ladder. But the good news is there is still $150,000 yes! And you're not out of the game yet. Okay. If one of the kids... Oh, they better know this. They, if one of them knows it... They better know this. You're, you've been married for 40 years. You have kids and grandkids, and you didn't know this. Don't put that kind of pressure on the kids. Rectum, Jesus Christ. Here, let's finish this. You are safe. Okay. You play, but if they get it wrong, if no one knows it, you're done. Oh, my God. It was so fast. Well, oh, yeah. Oh, please, God, no. So let's see what happened when Ricky asked these kids the very same question. Ready? In order to take your temperature orally, a nurse would put a thermometer where? It's not a difficult question. I'm I'm worried about the answers. I'm guessing it's a curse word. <laughs> <laughs> right. Under your tongue. Under your tongue. All that means your mouth. In your mouth. So she got saved, and presumably a seven to eight year old child knew that orally means mouth. That's uh that's pretty disturbing, and I feel sorry for her and her grandkids. Uh, surprisingly, though, after that first question, where she didn't know orally, she ends up getting all the way to the eighth question, which is the second threshold. So if she gets this eighth question correct, in this case for her, it was worth 50000 She can walk away after this question with $50,000 if she gets it right. Spoiler alert, she didn't. <laughs> yeah. This would have been her third save, was it not? Yeah, what is so it? The kids already, you know, they saved her twice, including the the thermometer question. So they had already bailed her out on numerous occasions, and, and again, she. This is the type of loser where you see this is why you lost. We understand you probably after question one didn't deserve to be in the rest of the game. Um, so yeah, she didn't get that question right either. All right, so here's question eight, and here's uh, the big one, because after this, she's, she's at the decision point where she can walk away with, what is it, $100,000? Well, if you get them all right, it would be 100000 However, because she had gotten two incorrect already, she's only playing for fifty. So if she gets it right, she can walk with fifty. If she gets it wrong and is saved, then she can walk with twenty-five. So here's her eighth question. If you get this question right, you have a big decision to make. 
Right. Are you ready for question eight? I'm ready. Question eight, worth $50,000. A one followed by 12 zeros is what number? Oh, Lord have mercy. You would give me math. I had, I... Not so much math. No. Just, uh, just a number. A number. I mean, <laughs> that's, you know. <laughs> I mean, again, that's like saying if you have a dozen donuts, how many donuts do you have? That's, that's not per se a math question. That's just what <laughs> a dozen means 12. Yeah. So in this case, it's one followed by 12 zeros is one number. So basically, you have a, a number that, you know, you can go over how you thought about it real quick, J.D. Yeah. Okay. So initially, it... You just think about it. you just think of twelve zeros and you think this big old number and it could be a little overwhelming and I can understand her being on stage and everything and you know not thinking straight but if you take a second to just take a breath and think about what twelve zeros looks like I ended up watching this with my mom and we took the same strategy but from opposite ends so I'm gonna explain it this way I was just taking zeros and placing them place by place. So obviously three zeros would be in the hundreds. You add three more zeros, that calculates for the thousands. Three more zeros are in, now you're in the millions. That's nine zeros. Now you get to the 12 zeros. That goes through all the way to the billions. When you put a one in front of that, that creates one trillion. Now my mom did it the other way. She started with one, added three zeros to it to make 1,000, added three zeros to make one million, added three more to make one billion, and finally three more to make one trillion, which actually probably was a lot easier in my head to uh, imagine. But but either way, you just have to see the number and know what the places are. Hundreds, thousands, millions, billions, trillions. Yeah, so I mean, you work it out that way. I've used to work things out that way too. Um, it's pretty easy when you just go by, by, by place. I've been fortunate to work for some companies in the past, larger companies, and I've dealt with P&L sheets that are in the trillions. So when it comes to budgeting, when it comes to marketing, comes to P&Ls, I've just learned already. So when I see them, I know them. Right off the bat, though, the way I've broken down before and the way I remember it is six zeros and a one is already a million dollars. I mean, it's a hundred thousand, it's a million dollars. Okay. Six zeros and a one, a million. Nine zeros and a one is a billion. The way I look at that and the way I've always remembered is the nine upside down to me or turned around is a B. Mm, That's a billion. Then I think... 12, with the T, I go trillion. So that's how I've kind of, once I see the number right away, that's how I see, okay, that's a trillion, that's a billion. I like it. And then you have billion, trillion, quadrillion, quintillion. Those are a little bit more fun, but I go from that 12, to me, is trillion below, and then I work from there. So I I kind of memorize that already, and I see it. But this this is a good question. This is not, for that much money, this is one of those questions where this is something you can work out. It's not math. But at some point where you can sit and logically say, okay, this is where, as long as I'm aware of the progression of billions and trillions, and it's not like something that you either know or you don't. This, yeah. this is not, you know, what is the capital of, you know, Denmark. This this is something you either know or you don't. There's no way, you know, you know that's, you're not going to work that out. You're not going to go, okay, well, alphabetically, if I go categories, <laughs> it's just, that, that's the way you got to to figure this out. At least give it a shot. I'm okay with this question. Yeah, like. You can figure this out, but you have to be able to figure it out. It's one of it's one of those things. If you can't calm yourself down, we're gonna have what what happened last night. Well, we'll see. And she gives an answer, and this is why I get upset because the answer she gave almost felt like you could have worked this out yeah. if you at least knew this much. So here's her answer. I suck at math. It's just a number. <laughs> 
one followed by 12 zeros is what number? Well, it would just be really would be, if there's nothing after it, it's one. That, that's almost a genius answer itself. I mean, zeros after one is nothing, so <laughs> it's probably just a one. She was better off giving that answer. But again, she's trying to work this out now. And again, um, she's reassured that it's just a number. It's not math. It's just a number. No, the 12 zeros. Oh, my God. This is a, I'm nuts. Just just slow it down. Think I am. It through. Yeah, I have to. See, now just she's rushed. psyching herself out. Now she's psyching herself out. One billion. I don't know. So she gives a billion answer. Maybe, I don't know, one, I billion, don't know, I don't one know. billion, I don't know, 42, hmm, I don't know, what uh, a dozen. Uh, again, she just throws a number out there, but it's close to where it makes me think, okay, if you would have sat there and rationally not psyched yourself out, you probably would have got it and said, okay, a million is this. I mean, but again, she shuts out the answer, she says a billion, and now it's time to face her wrath. With one billion. Yeah. Is the number one billion? Give me the kids. Give me okay. the kids. Please, <laughs> again, she's so used to being thrown in the mercy of the kids right away. She's like, please save me and bail me out again, kids. And again, uh, I don't know any, any game show or trivia show or quiz show where a buzz is a correct answer. So obviously that's, she got the answer incorrect. Kids, please, kids, save me. The kids have been there. Yes. So before we go to the kids, we're going to take $100,000 off the board. Uh. But we're still playing for $75,000. Does that put you in a granny pod? That would definitely put me in a granny pod. That would put you in a granny pod. For sure. All right. For sure. All right. You know, if one of the kids knew the answer, you play on. Right. If no one knows it. Hasta la vista. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> Should we see what the kids have to say? Yes. All right. Let's see if we can the kids. Oh, I'm shaking. Next question. Oh. Some of you are going to like this question more than others. A one followed by 12 zeros is what number? One and 12 zeros. That should be 12,000. It's not even a number. I'm, from, I'm, from, I'm, I'm getting up out of here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do this. <laughs> okay, let's do this. Let's do this. 12 zeros, a one and 12 zeros. Anyone want to take a guess? A hundred and twenty? Come on! <laughs> a billion? No. I think it's a Google. The answer is a trillion. So the kids don't come to her aid for the third time. Unfortunately, she's gone and she loses. But again, the kids gave just about as reasonable as an answer. As she did, one kid said a billion, which is the same answer she gave. One kid who is usually pretty good says a Google, which for some of you who don't know, a Google is a real answer. That's a hundred zeros. Um, yeah, it's not just a search engine. It's Yeah, it's a hundred zeros followed by a, uh, with a one in front. So again, she loses. Um, and I was kind of rooting for the kids not to save her a couple times based on some of her previous answers. But she goes home with nothing. I really think we need to sell tickets so people out there can watch a game show with you, Adrian, because it's a sight to behold. Between you yelling and hoping people lose, it's actually quite enjoy entertaining. Yeah, I'm, I'm a freak. So some of you don't know, I have two TVs in my living room, <laughs> yeah. um, as I have two TVs in my bedroom. So um, 
usually I have, sometimes I'm watching both multiple game shows at a time if I'm recording them, or I've got a game show on a sporting event and you can't even tell what I'm yelling at. Like last night I was watching college basketball at the same time I was watching child, child support. Um, and I probably yelled at child support more than I was yelling at the basketball game. And I had money on the basketball game. I was, I was doing paying on child support. <laughs> Nothing vested in child support um, besides, you know, this podcast, which is why I'm here talking about this. Um, but, yeah, it, it was interesting to say the least. <laughs> All right. For the second half of child support, though, we get the other side of that loser spectrum where it's unfortunate because Kay, the second contestant on child support, had such a great run. She just hit a tough question. Um that the kids couldn't help her out with. And and she was great. She knew she knew the first seven questions. She was very uh, charismatic, energetic. She she was a thoroughly enjoyable person to watch on this show and do well and root for. Yeah, they interviewed uh, well throughout the process of talking to her. She talks about how she has um, Nigerian roots, I believe it was, mm-hmm. and she would really love to take her kids um, to Africa with the money and kind of understand that. See, I thought that was great. I thought that was fantastic, you know. Um, but she was genuine. She was real. She opens up talking about how she's a PE teacher, yeah. and in the midst of playing, it was dodgeball or handball with one of these kids. It was a, it was like horse or something. It was ba- it was basketball. I remember basketball. I don't I don't remember which basketball game. And. In the midst of playing, she tells them, number one, she doesn't let the kids win because she wants to teach them life is tough and you got to compete. But throughout playing with her kids, she busts her eye open and gets five stitches above her eye. Yeah. In the midst of playing against, you know, her her, her, her students. Um, and I, right away, I was like, oh, I love this. I love her. She's fantastic. <laughs> She's, um, she, I, I really hope she wins. Yeah. And the first question. Uh... Yeah. So we'll, we'll go ahead and play that as well. Here's uh Kay's first question. Obviously, we all remember uh, Grannykin's first question, how yeah. well that went. So, In the classic novel, Moby Dick is a giant what? I didn't read Moby Dick, but I've heard a lot about it. <laughs> right. right. And I saw a movie called Matilda, and in that movie, she said... Moby Dick is a whale. And you're going to go with Matilda on this? I, I trust Matilda. <laughs> I get my book information from movies. All right, Kay didn't read the book, but you saw a different movie that says that Moby Dick is a whale. Is she right? Very nice. Very nice. First question, she, she jumps that crazy, tremendous, unsurmountable hurdle of the first question, and she's the positive. Now, I do, we, we say she unfortunately is, we were alert later on down the line, she eventually goes home, she doesn't win the grand prize, um, she wins nothing. But she has a great run. However, I want to play this. And I want to play the kids' reaction to this. Because this got a little iffy for me. And the kids even. And Ricky Gervais reads it and realizes, wow, this can also be really great. Or this can go really, really bad. Yes! Okay! And you got it right. You didn't need the kids. But just for fun, let's see what they said when Ricky asked them the same question. Okay. Quiet. Sit. Watch. Learn. Listen. Think. Let's go. Ready? (laughs) In the classic novel, Moby Dick. Okay, let's be serious now. Moby Dick is a giant what? <sighs> Any ideas? I know what it is. Go on, it's then. from one of my games. Oh, 
answer to whale. He's right. The answer's whale. Yeah! That could have gone really poorly. And, <laughs> and when he first reads it, like three of the kids' mouths drop. Like, wait, what did he just say? Because they knew he might have said something he probably shouldn't have. But gets it right. And again, uh, right from, right off the bat, everyone, everyone's rooting uh, for Kay. Yeah, and she, like, like we said, she had a great run. I mean... The second question had to do with Wheel of Fortune and how and it cost two hundred fifty dollars to buy a what? Obviously a vowel. She got that right. The third question had a lyric from Frozen and she had to name the song, which was "Let It Go." The fourth question had to do with the ingredients in Rice Krispie treats. Name the missing ingredient. The one that was missing was marshmallows. Number five, Yeezy boots are a popular Adidas shoe designed by who? And she knew that Yeezy was Kanye West. Number six came from the movie Casablanca. We'll always have what? We'll always have Paris. And again, just like question number one, where she had to reference a mo the movie Matilda, she references the TV show A Different World because they said it on A Different World. Yeah, she says there's a scene in A Different World that she remembers. Uh, where Dwayne, I forget who he's talking to, says it. and I mean, it's, it's a pretty iconic phrase. So, I mean, I'm, again, she gets it. Um, but yeah, her references and how she comes up with some of these answers are fantastic. Yeah, and then uh, number seven, basically, what is the definition of loquacious? She talked, and <laughs> ironically, she talks about how she was like this as a kid, and Fred goes, well, just as a kid? Yeah, well, well, first she says, I think I went to school with a girl named Loquacious, oh, which man. was fantastic. I started dying. I was I literally, I had to pause because I was laughing hysterically. Um, but again, she references that uh, she probably was as well. Um, and they keep cutting to her husband who's in the crowd as well. And he's he, he's awesome. He's laughing it up too. He's really enjoying himself. Um, and of course, loquacious means talkative, let you talk too much. Um, and up to this point, she's perfect. And the kids have done a pretty good job um, answering all the questions on this one. I think they might have only gotten two wrong. I don't believe they got the Kanye one. They didn't because one of the kids even mentioned that he was crazy, so they didn't know who he was. Right. Yeah, and, and they, kids, oh, he's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and they missed the Casablanca. We'll always have Paris. They didn't know. Great answers though. One of the yeah. kids says money. money. One says land, which is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, we'll always have land. I said, wow, that that kid was that, that kid must read the Bill of Rights consistently. <laughs> we'll always have land. Can't take my land. And then love was the other one, which was cute. But yeah, land land really impressed me. I was like, yeah, that kid's right. We'll always have land. Absolutely. Yeah. We get to the eighth question, just like Grannykins earlier. That's that second threshold. If if they if she can get through this question, she'll have the option of walking away with whatever she's earned. At this point it's seventy-five grand. If she gets this question correctly, she could then walk with one hundred or continue to play. If she gets it wrong and the kids save her, uh, it'll be seventy it'll be a seventy five thousand dollar option. But here's question eight worth one hundred thousand dollars. Thousand dollars you're still playing for. Seven for seven. We have not needed the kids at all. I feel terrible. We've locked them in this room with Ricky for no reason. Ugh. But I'm very happy for you. Are you ready for question eight? Yeah. Okay. Question eight is worth $100,000. What is the motto of both the Girl Scouts and the Boy Scouts of America? They have the same motto. Okay, I'm going through all my models because I don't know. Okay, okay. <laughs> to protect and serve, that's the cop. Okay. Um, to do no harm, that's a doctor. Okay. 
my husband is an Eagle Scout, so I should totally know this. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it's the model, but it's like to do a good turn daily. Oh my goodness, I run the Cub Scouts at church. Everybody, if I get it wrong, <laughs> clean, serve, honor. Fred, you know what? I'm just going to go with do a good turn daily because I do not know another thing. Do a good turn daily. Yes. So she goes through, again, the progression of how she comes up with the answer. The fact that she leads the, the Cub Scouts at church is another added like bonus and that's fantastic um but again she gives this answer i i actually was i i was right with her to every question and i pretty much knew the answers to all of them i was getting you know they were they weren't as hard as i thought or anticipated but this one just really stumped me again she goes through progressions and she kind of gets it whereas you know granny kins right off the bat you know just on that question was just uh, i don't know kind of made up some number and shouted it out at least Kay here is going through stuff. She's trying to remember different mottos. It seems like as she progresses through these questions, she's more poised. She comes up with the right answers. So you want to root for her. It's something to where you're like, wow, this is, she's, she's doing it right if there's a way to do it right. And then, of course, you know, we find out what her answer is. Okay. For $100,000 is the motto of both the Girl Scouts and the Boy Scouts of America, do a good turn daily. Okay. All right, here's what's going to happen first. We've got a question wrong, so $200,000 is off the board. But you can still win $150,000. That's still a great trick. That's a great trick for Nigeria. So now we're going to ask the kids. If any one of these five kids know what it is, you are saved and you keep going. If they don't, our time here is done. And you leave with no money. You leave with no money, Kay. Oh, because it's great. All right, let's do this. Ready? So at this point, I'm feeling optimistic. Again, because I want to root for her, but at the same time, I'm like, hopefully one of these kids somewhere, sometime is like in the Girl Scouts right. or the Boy Scouts. And you want them to hopefully get it right for her. And you're like, come on, kids, like pull through. Whereas, again, you know, previous contestant, I was like, no, there's no way these kids know this. You're done. Go home. I was definitely pulling for Kay, hoping that she got it. And then again, it's uh, all left up to the kids. Do any of these kids know this motto? I wouldn't know this, but I'm relying on you. As kids, it's sort of your job to know the answer to this question. Ready? Ready? What is the motto of both the Girl Scouts and the Boy Scouts of America? Go team. Go team. Cheer yourself on. Cheer yourself on. Be nice. It's a good guess, but it's not right. <laughs> they say, be prepared. Yeah. They're actually a lot closer. Yeah, they were a lot closer. They said, be nice. I, I didn't know either, Adrian. And uh, So be, be prepared. And when the kids said, be nice, I was surprised on how close it was with just the two letters. And they got one of them right. Oh, yeah, I thought it was something way more elaborate. Like, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, I know himself be true or something like that. <laughs> it's just like, be prepared. I'm like, oh, great. That's that's it? <laughs> Which makes sense because they're boys and Girl Scouts. They're, they're, they're children. But unfortunately, she gets it wrong. Kids do not save her. She goes home. So unfortunately, she is one of our losers. But at the same time, it's one of those ones that, you know, we talk about there's pretty much two types of losers. And we definitely rooted for her. And unfortunately, Kay went home with nothing. 
let us know if there were any winners and losers this week that you saw that you uh, think that we missed or uh, should take more time to talk about. Hit us up again on Facebook, facebook.com slash This Week in Game Shows, or on Twitter at This WK Game Shows. Use the, use the hashtag of twigs. Um, let us know what shows you want us to cover and who your biggest winners and biggest losers are for the week, and we may talk about them on our podcast. So give us a listen and see if we do. All right, we're going to finish up to this episode with uh, a little bit of The Wall. This week we had newlyweds Steve and Nick from Akron, Ohio. Their chemistry was off the charts. It was so fun to watch them because Steve was the one who went behind the wall. Nick was the one uh, playing the wall. And every time a question came up, Nick would predict what Steve would say. And it was amazing, down to the fact that Nick even predicted Steve would say sports ball when it came down to the sports question. And he sure did. Uh, there was also a serial question, and he called him something like Captain Sugar or something like that. And Steve made mention of the fact that he loves sugar, and he's sure that Nick said something about that. It, it was great. These guys were very easy to root for. They want to start their own family. They're gonna, they want to adopt. Through the show, we learned that they also want to set up a fund for other couples that want to adopt as well. And that's where some of this money is going to go. So they are instantly very rootable. Yeah, and, you know, just to touch up on their gameplay, you know, not to go into too much depth or detail, but they start off um, round one with, and the first round again is the questions where the balls drop. You have until the balls drop to answer them, you answer them together. But right off the bat, they're open, they open with $49,891, which is on the, the lower side of some of the some of the pots we've seen. But that's what they go into once they're separated with. As as the game goes on, they don't really their, their their trivia is definitely not their strong their strength. They they don't understand some of these questions. Some of the ones they definitely don't get right. But for them, they were they were lucky that the balls dropped favorably in, in most of this game for them. But uh, as far as answering questions, it was not their strong point. Yeah, and that's the and that's the difference between the wall and other kind of trivia games where the wall is focused on finding good people so good things can happen to them, not necessarily who is the biggest trivia buff out there. So I don't know. I don't think there's going to be some type of test that you take as you would if you were on Jeopardy or who wants to be a millionaire or something like that. They're just looking for good people with a good story who deserve to have good things happen to them. And sometimes that doesn't correlate to being good trivia players. And that's kind of what happened in this game because they only answered, Steve only answered two questions correctly. But while they ended the, the first question round with zero, unfortunately, they certainly made up for it in the second round. Even though they only did get one question correctly, it... it it was a doozy. It was the third one. They tripled up because at that point they had 200,001 in their bank. And I was saying, I think they should triple up no matter what, because like we always say, it's a little bit tougher in the second round, but seeing as where they were, they only had $200,001 on the wall. Let's say they don't triple up and they get the question correct. Sure. They could, it could land in the million and they could go up to 1.2 million, right? But I mean, more than likely, it's going to end up in either like a one or a hundred, because those are every other, they're in between all the big amounts, or it could be like another 200, 300,000, whatever. So let's just say it lands in a $300,000. 
slot, right? That gets them up to 500,000 at the end of the questions. But they still have four red balls after that to drop after they answer all their questions. Unless you land in that million, odds are you're going to lose a lot of money, if not all of it. Right, you have a lot more to lose than you did again. Yeah, and so you're kind of just pushing up the inevitable because if you triple up on this last question and get it wrong, you're probably going to end up with zero. More likely than not with having only 200000 in the bank. But I, I feel like it's a risk worth taking considering you have four red balls you have to drop at the end anyway. Yeah, you've got you got to get up there because again, one of those balls can take you away if you don't if you don't try and triple up at that point. You're put, you've got you've not to say you've got to again. It's theory and it's basically how, how we feel we would play, but that's easier numbers, said than done on this side of the microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. on TV again, too. So. But the numbers are in your favor to triple up now because you have more balls coming at the end, and if they're going to drop that way, they're going to wipe you out anyway. One or one or exactly. two balls is going to take you out, so you can't get in the negative. Your 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 best bet is to drop as many as you can and hope you get the question right. So. Nick triples up. It was a question from the movie A Beautiful Mind. The answer was Mozart. It was a total guess on Steve's part, but it was correct. And they ended up tripling up, and it worked out to their favor because while one of the balls dropped in a dollar, the other two fell in three hundred and four hundred thousand dollars. So they earned seven hundred and one seven hundred thousand and one dollars to add to their wall to bring their total to $900,002 before they have to drop the four red balls at the end of the round. So now they've given themselves a much bigger buffer to absorb any of the red balls. Now, obviously, still, if they land in the million, you know, they they, they get wiped out. But that was going to be true no matter when that happens. So Yeah, they would have wiped them out regardless. It would have taken them out no matter what they had. But now, again, you give yourself a bigger chance to where that 300,000, that 400,000 slot don't kill you yep. and totally wipe you out again. Now you have a bigger chance to stay in the game. So, yeah. But their four red balls, amazingly. Yeah. If they're going to drop at any point in your favor, this time, it again, when I'm yelling at my TV, at this point, I'm, I'm yelling, you've got to be kidding me. Like, for them to drop at any point, this is the time you want to have your most favorable drop. And sure enough, it's... It, uh, what, what was the total? I mean, we'll go okay. over what they were, but yeah. the total was insane yeah. okay. on Red Balls. So he went from pro- he went progressively riskier on where he's dropping these Red Balls, and the money amounts they fell in oh, went Lord. progressively less. It was 100, 10, 10, and 1 for a total loss of $121 over four Red Balls, which I've never seen before in this game, <laughs> leaving... He went, they went from, I've seen green balls drop that way. Right? I've never <laughs> yeah. seen the red balls drop yeah. like this. They ended the question round with $900,002. They finished the game after losing that $121. They have a chance to walk away with $899,881. Which, considering that they had no money going into this final round, and then these four red balls... The way they dropped, it was amazing to watch. So at this point, they're faced with the guarantee of the 49891 they started off with and their two correct questions of $40,000. So unless he's understanding, and one of them was a guess that he got right. So in his mind, he's probably trying to work out, okay, I'm somewhere around 60-ish, 65. I don't know if he understands that he only has 89000 as he's going through it, what his total is, because he one of them he totally guesses. I believe in their conversation uh, after he comes out from behind the wall and before the big reveal, 
he he says he feels he got a couple of them right. And then obviously Chris tells tells them that he got two right behind the wall to add 40000 to what they earned in free fall to bring up the guarantee of 89891 So if he signed the contract... They'd end up with eighty nine thousand. If he ripped it up, they will end up with eight hundred and ninety nine thousand dollars. So basically, it's about ten percent of what's on the wall. Yeah. And again, we've always discussed this, and I'm always the I take you know. But again, I've always said that hundred thousand dollar mark is where I may I draw my line. So if I'm back there, unless I know I've got at least a hundred grand, I'm taking the wall. Mm. Um, and they don't know, of course, obviously what's going on and. Going up that final round, it was zero. And this is the one point I was really, really hoping, please, please yeah, reject, to rip yeah. up the contract. Again, in my mind, I'm always at 100 to 110000 Unless I know for sure I'm at hundred grand. i am probably going with on the wall. And again, it goes to, to what they want to do with it, what their goals are, what's happening. But... Yeah, and that was what Steve, Steve told Nick. He knew... That the money and the guarantee would have been was going to be enough for them to adopt their baby that they want. That it might be able to start some kind of fun to help others adopt theirs. Maybe not. But I thought of you, Adrian, and what you said. Like, it's what do you want to do with this money, and will it be enough? And do you want to risk not getting that money to not accomplish your goals? And for this, their goal was so important to them with adopting a baby, starting their own family, that Steve signed the contract and took the guarantee of 89891 Of course, not knowing he had eighty nine, but he, he figured he was in that ballpark. And again, that kind of broke my heart even more. Because yeah. again, you go over what they want. To them it was, this guarantees us now, at least financially, that we can do what we want and have our dream. And kind of starting that family, and it's like... Man, you feel so bad. But again, you don't because they essentially won. Yeah. They came on there with a plan. They came on there and they're standing, going home with obviously more money than they came in with. But knowing that satisfaction of, hey, we got this at least. We're going to get what we need, what we want. Um, and it, it was huge. Again, you, you want them to win a lot more. But that 899881 is the second highest only to the people uh, Noah and Lisa in episode two this whole season. And the million that they won was the highest on the board, was second highest on the board total all season. That's that's intense. So that's that's I mean that's as high as you can get to getting a million dollars on the board. Lenny and Sharon had eight hundred and fifty thousand, but uh, it's almost nine hundred thousand on that board. And again, they, they go home with with eighty nine eight ninety one. They're still gonna have you know enough money to to hopefully start the fund, but more importantly, um, adopt the child that they so desperately wanted. Yeah, and we certainly hope the best for Steve and Nick, as Adrian said. Like, they wanted their they wanted to be able to start their family. They accomplished their goal. So it's 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 one of those, you know, happy sads that you know it's like you you, you feel so bad for them because you want them to win as much as possible. But in their situation, you, you can't you can't blame them. You can't sit there and, and berate them for, you know. Throwing away or you know throwing away eight hundred thousand dollars because they, they took a guarantee ninety. I mean how you know like you had a fifty fifty shot. Like how many people out there will be happy with a fifty fifty chance and you end up with ninety grand? Like yeah, that's, that's awesome. a good day. So. And also, I mean, the whole season we've talked about it, but I mean, 
Chris Hardwick. God, he 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 makes you fall for them. He's he's involved too, and he gets involved, and it's like at the end he gives them a hug too, and you're like, oh man, he 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 helps. Um, he's one of the, the better hosts I think I've seen. I think we talked about this in our first episode how different hosts are, are fit for certain game shows. Um, I think he's great. He's fantastic. He, he gets you invested. He asks the right questions. He's empathetic, and he feels like he genuinely cares. Yeah. And uh, I think the wall. Hopefully, again, if they stay on the on this. Uh, Current trend, the ratings are, are still increasing. They're they're doing pretty well. That Monday slot seems to fit. Yeah. There's uh, there's one more episode left this season next Monday. Again, if you want to nominate two of your favorite podcast hosts to be on <laughs> the wall, our five percent offer still stands out there. You might get six percent out of us if we twist our arm a little bit. Um, <laughs> we're, we're willing to, to compromise and negotiate with you guys. You know, it is interesting, though, Adrian, that you said you would have taken the wall in this case, and I would have been the opposite um, in in this situation if I were Steve, knowing I got one, maybe two questions right. I know that by doing that, I put more red balls out on the board than green balls, and so you're automatically tilting the odds against your favor uh, in that way. It, it ended up not doing that on this in this game because the the one he got especially the last question he got right was a triple up and with the three green balls and put seven hundred thousand dollars on the board and then they got the best run of red balls you'd ever seen so they ended up with almost nine hundred thousand uh to choose from but when you're behind the wall you don't know that you only know what you got right and if you don't get at least half of them correct or you feel you don't have at least half correct it's for me, it's tough to say I'm going to roll the dice and take the wall knowing I, get, I didn't give my partner much to work with out there. And see, my thinking on that is, again, the opposite now. So my thinking now is you know, if, if I haven't given enough correct answers, yes, there's more red balls than green balls theoretically. However, I also in every round we can't finish lower than zero. So because I'm, if, I'm, if I'm thinking, God, we're barely probably like 70, 80, 60 grand – all we need is one or two good green balls to fall the way they are. I already at 100 or 120 or 200, 300. So my mentality at that point is go big or go home. So my mentality changes at that point where if I think I don't have enough red ball, green balls and the red balls were rubbing, well, it's all about that last round. It's all about that last round going into it and how you played it and hopefully you were aggressive because I got questions wrong. And if they didn't fall for us, then again, you know, we weren't, going, we weren't leaving much. To me, obviously sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 is a lot of money. But in hindsight, I'm thinking, you know what? At that point, it's worth me gambling for. Again, it's what I want to do with it when I have at that $100,000 mark. I, I figured, okay, you know, we each go home with a certain amount of money or we split it or we invest it, whatever it is. This is what we need. If we're not close to that, we got to gamble. We got to go bigger and go home. And hopefully you didn't blow it by dropping the balls in the wrong place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, guy in front of the wall placing the balls in the wrong slots. You should have known better. <laughs> Hello. See? Yeah, Adrian. As always, it's been a great talk to talk to you this week about all the game shows that we watched. Always is really good week. Hopefully, uh, next week's just as good. Yeah, we will come back at you with another reality rundown this week. So tune in to see what we talk about uh, next week. We will be right back at you with another podcast talking about this week in game shows. Remember to use the hashtag Twigs. And the hashtag reality rundown during the week. Let us know what shows you want us to talk about in both 
episodes. Let us know about any winners and losers you want us to talk about. We hope that you like that new segment. We hope to bring it back next week. Let's hope there's no more football or sports in, uh, <laughs> next, in next week's Jeopardy. Um, but Alex Trebek, witty as ever. <laughs> and because of that, I think we're all winners on this side of it. All right, guys. Uh, for Adrian Perez, I'm J.D. Late. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys.